0: You got a little bit of redlining in there as well. Say, <laughs> I was getting ready to say, I was getting ready to say, considered redlining. Yeah, now the, the lim- term <laughs> nobody likes to use that term. It was it was, you know, out there at one time. So we don't like to use it, <laughs> but, it, but it still exists a little bit. It exists. We just call it. We don't loan money don't, that zip yeah, code. We we call it something else, <laughs> okay? But it's redlining. <laughs> Bottom line, it's redlining.
1: You are listening to the Dayton Daily News The Path Forward, the podcast where we discuss the most pressing issues facing our region and seek solutions. I'm your host, Dayton Daily News reporter Jordan Laird.
0: Building equity in one's home is the primary source of wealth building.
1: That was Frederick Diggs, past president of the Greater Dayton Realtists Association. In this episode, we will be discussing the unique challenges Black and minority residents face when they try to purchase a home and build equity in it. In the 1930s, federal government surveyors created maps that deemed white neighborhoods desirable for mortgage lending and neighborhoods with high numbers of African Americans or European immigrants hazardous for lending by drawing red lines around those neighborhoods. Banks used these maps to systematically deny loans to minority communities, a practice known as redlining. The Fair Housing Act of 1968 made redlining illegal. But Black real estate professionals and local housing advocates like Miranda Wilson, Director of Investigations and Enforcement at the Miami Valley Fair Housing Center, say little has changed in more than 50 years.
2: Most of it is covert. Um, It's not as overt as it used to be of people making comments to your face or, you know, refusing to let you in the door, those sorts of things.
1: But Dayton area residents of color, particularly in minority neighborhoods, are still denied home loans at twice the rate of their white counterparts. I spoke with a local black homebuyer who is struggling to get a home loan. Later, we'll hear from a black couple who has owned their West Dayton home for decades, but struggles to build wealth in it. And Zaria scarce, an African American couple living in Trotwood, own their current home outright. Recently, they attempted to buy a bigger home in Trotwood. How big is that house? And then how how big how is how big that? is our
3: current house? Yeah,
1: and then our current house is for? about
3: twenty-two hundred square feet. Uh-huh. Um, the new house is about forty-five hundred square feet. Oh yeah. So it's significantly larger.
1: And you have how many kids?
3: We have three children.
1: What's the age range?
3: Uh, nine, eight, and four.
1: Oh, okay. So now yeah. they're getting a little bit older. Yes,
3: and, yeah. and, our, and our current home doesn't have a lot of storage space, um, which makes it very, very <laughs> very difficult. Um, and as my kids get older, you know, everybody acquires more stuff. We're mm-hmm. a family of five and 2,100, 2,200 square feet, and it oh. gets a little cramped sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you
1: have any pets?
3: Not yet. My, my wife actually wants a pet for her birthday, uh-huh. which is tomorrow. No, Wednesday. This is Wednesday.
1: <laughs> are you getting her a pet?
3: I am getting her a pet, yes. What are you getting? We're her? getting a little chihuahua.
1: Oh. Yeah. But Norman says he has had to jump through hoops during the loan application process and it's pushed back their closing date twice. Zaria scarce works as a branch manager at a bank and Norman is self-employed as a pastor and house painter. He has a steady and verifiable income.
3: Um the approval process for self-employed individuals is much um, there's much more scrutiny around the approval process um, than it is for someone that works a, a regular you know nine to five. You know one of the issues that we ran into was of course you have to provide bank statements you know you have to provide tax returns mm-hmm. for several years <laughs> you know so it's not like oh I just boom up and started a business this is verifiable income that my business has been not only in existence but has been profitable for several several years. Mm-hmm. Um, I We presented the bank wanted us to present uh, my business tax returns for the last two months a month ago. Okay. So I said, okay. Well, last week they said, oh, well, we need the tax returns from June 25th up until that day, which was like July 10th or something like that. We just want to make sure that you still have money coming in from your business. Well, as a business owner, I can't guarantee you that I, I you know, received income the, the 25th through the 10th. It doesn't work like that. Like, my business isn't just going to up and and flop in the course of a week. You just asked me for this same information a week ago. Sure. It's a whole ordeal.
1: I just wanted to call and ask, what happened with the home loan? You texted me that it did not go through?
2: No, it did not. It did not. And we uh, we ultimately just said, forget it. Um, well, ultimately, it was the fault of the bank. I don't know if you remember or not me telling you about the income-based repayment plans for my student loans. Sure. Well, the loan officer told me that a week before, the, uh, the reason it became such a problem is because a week before we... Uh, filed our application, the law changed, and they were unaware. Um, Mm -hmm. So the advice that they provided for us um, was, in essence, the exact reason we were not able to close with that particular bank. Basically, um, the law changed to say that any federal income-based repayment plans when you're attempting to obtain a federal loan, such as an FHA mortgage, the payment cannot be less than $1. And so when the guidance from the bank was, you know, get an income-based repayment plan, you know, to zero if you can, it was ultimately kind of the, the nail in the coffin for us because the bank was unaware, or at least the loan officer that we used, was unaware of that particular change.
3: It's frustrating because we're only in a predicament that we're in right now because of the advice of the bank. Mm-hmm. This is what they said they needed only to come back and say, "Oh, well, we're sorry. No, we 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 need something different." Mm-hmm. Um and it's 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 very frustrating. Sure. It's very frustrating.
1: And uh do you feel like there's like extra scrutiny due to race or the part of or the community <laughs> it, uh, you live in or not so I, much? I, I
3: could I would be comfortable in saying it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um which is why I find it very difficult to understand why banks allow individual underwriters to use their personal discretion while underwriting loans, because you don't know to what extent their personal bias against a borrower, you know, could be, could be manifested. Um, so I, I do personally think that it's very possible that that could be an issue.
1: Even when minority residents become homeowners, their homes in disadvantaged neighborhoods often don't appreciate in value as much as they would in another neighborhood, Diggs said. Carolyn Williams bought her home in the Westwood neighborhood in West Dayton in 1987 for $18,000, about $41,000 in today's dollars, when adjusted for inflation. She also received a loan from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development to fix it up. In the decades since then, she and her husband, Larry Williams, Sr., said they have poured over $40,000 into improvements. Well, I think
0: no, a new roof was the last big investment. We <laughs> had two roofs. We've had a heating and air unit put in about 10 years ago. As you were coming up, those walk, the walkways have been replaced that, mm-hmm. you, that you came up, mm-hmm. and we put in a bathroom on this floor we completely finished the basement had to put a new pad on our garage there are 23 of these windows in our house that we redid and you know that was a chunk of change that was you know about thirteen thousand dollars
1: in 2020 the montgomery county auditor's office valued their home at forty three thousand five hundred eighty dollars and larry williams senior said he doesn't believe he would get much more than that if he listed the house
0: they taught us in school, buy, get you some property because real estate is an investment. But my investment has been, our investment has been negative, a negative investment. It, it, should, it shouldn't be, and it's, it's hard to swallow. My siblings, they, they happen to move out of Dayton proper, Clayton.
2: They moved to other areas, and their property
0: values, of course, soared, and they both have left. My brothers have left the city and they went to, one went to Denver when NCR left, and he took his money that he was able to take from his property value, and he bought, I think, a $90,000 house, and and then through the 20 years that he lived in it, his $90,000 house went to $219,000. And then my brother and Clayton, his house as well, and of course, and they both have now, I think they both live in $300,000 homes. And so, but they were able to amass and make the incremental changes by the investments that they made. And they recouped off their investments and they were able to, whereas I, my, I never amassed. So I couldn't, I couldn't make the next move up.
1: Why do you think the property values have not been good
0: in this neighborhood? Well, we didn't grow. We didn't
1: grow. I see you chuckling over there. Do you have a thought?
0: Oh, she just thinks because we're black, if we weren't black it would grow.
1: Larry said the lack of amenities in the area, including no grocery store, likely plays a role in the home values in the neighborhood. But since it costs more to fix up a home in Westwood than you could likely sell it for, there's little incentive to buy a home there, and the majority Black neighborhood continues to decline. You can read about solutions local advocates, like Diggs, would like to see and what Ohio's U.S. senators are doing about the issue at daytondailynews.com path forward. I'm your host, Jordan Laird. Join me next time as we discuss the most pressing issues facing our region.